This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. And today, we're not saving just any dinner. We're saving Thanksgiving. I'm joined by a roundtable of incredible experts, Jesse Shefchek, Maggie Hoffman, and Kate Casson. And we're doing something a little bit different today. The Dinner SOS Thanksgiving hotline is open. So we have callers waiting to ask their culinary questions. And our goal today is to try to take as many calls as we can. All right? Before we get to our first call, I'm going to have you all introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Jesse Sefcek, and I am the food editor at Epicurious. Hey, I'm Maggie Hoffman, and I'm a contributing editor at Epicurious. And I'm Kate Casson, editorial operations manager at Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Amazing. Welcome to the studio, all of you. This is different, you know, like this is like a little bit of an off-speed pitch for me, frankly, because we haven't really done this before. I'm going to hopefully try to like play call this one right. I feel like you're down with like a football metaphor or two, Kate. Is that going too far? I'm going to like try to quarterback this thing. It is Wednesday, which is one of the few days of the week where football is not. Okay, well, Kate. You know what? Somebody somewhere is playing football on a Wednesday. Why not us? Definitely. Okay, thank you. That's the energy I need. Without further ado, I'm ready to get to our first caller. Are we ready? We're so ready. Hi, this is Chris. Hi, Chris. How's it going, Lynn? It's going well, Chris. Glad to get to talk to you. Yeah, well, we have a panel of literal experts standing by. Talk to us more about what you're looking for. Well, this is my first Thanksgiving hosting. And my family is staying with me and they have an expectation around appetizers when it comes to Thanksgiving, but I believe in them enjoying the meal and that's what I'm most focused on. So I want to have some appetizers for them that they feel like they have something to nosh on and then um, they're still really hungry for dinner and make the most of dinner. Like I want them to be lighter too, not just because I don't want them to be full, but I want them to feel it's like different than what they're having for the Thanksgiving dinner. Totally. I feel like this is the perennial question, right? Like, like, what do you serve before the meal? You have people literally wandering around your kitchen asking you questions about what you're doing. There could never be anything more horrifying on a major holiday. You need to get them out of there. You need to feed them. You frankly need to, like, set up a snack station somewhere very, very far away from the kitchen or at least as far away as you can get away with. Maggie, you you need to give people drinks, but, like, not too many drinks. Definitely it, not too many drinks. Definitely not too many drinks, but some <laughs> drinks, 
right? For sure. What are we thinking? I like the idea of getting people out of the kitchen. I like the idea of a snack that you could maybe even prep the night before um, to keep people happy. I was thinking about that issue of not wanting people to fill up. And there's this awesome, awesome recipe that you can get in the Epicurious app. It's originally from Bon Appetit for the celery sticks from Bar Goto in New York. Everyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with this recipe. It's super, super simple. You basically have celery, and it's flavored with toasted sesame oil, soy sauce for a cocky, and you let it sit for 30 minutes, and then you top it with a lot of sesame seeds, and it's really refreshing and crunchy, and it would totally go with a martini if that's what you're doing, and it's just, like, really light. It's not—you're not going to hand someone, like, a tray of deviled eggs and then be like, and now turkey. (laughs) Definitely. Lynn, have you gotten your November issue of Bon Appetit? I have. Did you check out the hurricane chips? I Like, listen, this would be a pretty boring show if I did exactly what <laughs> you wanted me to do, you know, and gave you something like actually like healthy or light. But the hurricane chips kind of in that vein of like what Maggie's talking about, like leveling up something that's a pretty basic ingredient, you know, like in this case, it's like it's a store-bought potato chip, but that you are re-crisping with this wonderful, you know, kind of seasoning blend on it, which includes seasoned seaweed snacks that you've crushed into this kind of wonderful flavored kind of nori experience. That is like fun. You know, like it's the kind of thing like you might not do any old day of the week. It feels very festive. And I think balanced with something that's like maybe a little bit more like dippy and veg focused, like could be a really solid contender. Yeah, I love the idea of a hurricane chip. And it was almost like a recipe you did before with french fries that had like yes. all of those additional spices and stuff. But I really like the idea of the celery because it's lighter. But to balance the two, because you're right, somebody's going to want something maybe more than just celery. So I think even both of those would be great. One other thing you could consider that would go with either one of these would be Jesse's shrimp cocktail, which is really awesome. Again, like simple prep, but feels fancy. And he made a bunch of different sauces to go with it. That's really fun, too. Oh, that Mm. was good. What were the sauces, Jesse? I actually was thinking this. Um, There's three sauces. There's a classic cocktail sauce, but then there's a green cocktail sauce, which takes a lot of the same ingredients, but it has avocado and salsa verde and like green hot sauce. So still store-bought products just combined differently. So it's like vibrant and herby. And the other one is like a really punchy remoulade. It's like one shrimp cocktail, but three sauces. So it feels very like glitzy and celebratory. And you can put them all out just on ice. I love that. I love all of them. And I think the first point that you brought up, Chris, around getting people out of the kitchen is going to be super important. Yeah. I mean, some people (laughs) maybe aren't as like hostile to their own families as I am, but still like maybe you want them there. No, I am. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Yes. I knew we got each other, Lynn. I love it. I think I have all my appetizers now. Lynn, this has been so fun to chat. Thank you for calling in and good luck. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for the help. Okay. Very solid. I think we aced it. That was like 10 out of 10. We can't possibly maintain this kind of momentum, though. Let's pace ourselves. Coming in hot with the like the, the shrimp cocktail, like on the it first was a good call. Plug. I mean, that was like, boom, came out of a holster. I love that. I recently just saw someone set up a shrimp cocktail, like in a dessert cup. So all the little shrimp are oh, sort like of hanging, hanging out. Off. Very cute. People are delighted by shrimp. You know, you see it hanging off the side of a glass and it's fun. All right, we better keep going here. So I'm going to go to Jane next. Hi, Chris. Hi, how you doing, Jane? I'm good. How are you? 
Good. Um, oh, I'm reading the note here. This is a sad one. Do you want to talk us through what's going on? Okay. Since the last holiday season, I've developed lactose intolerance. And I've kind of figured out workarounds for all the things that I really like about Thanksgiving dinner. And I've got those covered. But pumpkin pie, there just is no way to get around butter and heavy cream. And so I'm fine with making pumpkin pie for other people to eat. So I need a second dessert. And I would like that second dessert to be something that's dairy-free so that I could have the second dessert that my lactose intolerance does not become dinner table conversation and that everybody says, oh, wow, this is great. Jane, I want to posit a theory, and I want to take the temperature of the room on this, but Jane, I feel like we can get you to have your pumpkin pie. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, folks in the room, but like, could we not just have Jane make, you know, like a pretty classic pie dough, but using like a vegan butter, like the country crock avocado oil-based butter, like what Chrissy Tracy recommended some time ago, like use that in the pastry and then perhaps use like coconut milk or coconut cream in place of the heavy cream in the pumpkin pie. Like I doubt like anybody would even notice. You know, a couple of years back, Genevieve VM did a deep dive into the best vegan pie crust. So there's an article about that on Epicurious and she tried coconut oil and other things and testing all the different fats and how to adjust the rest. Recipes. One of the things is that the recipe that you use should be formulated for the kind of fat that you want to use because there's different amounts of water in the different things. She gets all into it. She goes deep. She goes deep. But basically, she recommends using vegan butter in the Epicurious all butter pie crust recipe, and that is a hit. And there is a vegan pumpkin pie on Epicurious and the app as well uh, from a cookbook, has some positive reviews. So, you know, I would start there. And I haven't forgotten the part of the question where, you know, you're looking for a dessert that's like maybe not even necessarily pie. But how does that strike you, though? Um, well, that sounds good. I, I don't necessarily care if I don't have any pumpkin pie. Because it's really overrated my... and it's bullshit and it's a vegetable in your pie, right? Because that's how I feel. Are well, we on the same? No. Oh, okay. I thought I you were know, with me. We're kind of, sort of. Okay. I thought you were with me, Jane. Well, <laughs> I'm almost there. Okay. But, okay. But it's really, for me, I like to offer two different kinds of desserts. So I didn't mind making the pumpkin pie for everybody else and then saying, here's this other thing too. So... Well, uh, Kate Casson is literally like waving her arms and gesticulating so wildly. I, it's almost like she's trying to land a 747 in the podcast studio. Kate, do you have thoughts here? Well, I sympathize with you because I have lots of dietary restrictions as well. And I find that the dessert table is kind of where I fail to abide by them. I'll see, you know, a piece of pumpkin pie with vanilla ice cream. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dairy and gluten. My best friends. I love having a chocolate dessert at Thanksgiving, and I also love having something that can maybe last to the next day when you need that, you know, post-Black Friday shopping dessert. So I was going to say that you should make the chocolate almond fridge fudge. It's actually Chris's recipe. What I love about it is that it's not inherently this, like, vegan dessert where you have to sub in, you know, vegan butter and all these ingredients. The reason why it gets so creamy is avocado. So I know Chris was just throwing shade at having vegetables in our dessert, which is That's ironic because— It's a fruit. Okay, There's a pit. I, I guess it's a fruit, Kate, so I'll, you know I'll take that back. 
What I love about this dessert, too, is that it's sweetened mostly with maple syrup, and I love maple Mm. syrup, and I think it's a super Thanksgiving flavor. And I just think, you know, people can take that slice of pie, but to be able to cut this into little squares and have fudge on every single person's dessert plate, they're not even going to think that it's a vegan dessert or a dairy-free dessert. It's just really delicious. Love that. Oh, that sounds great. I would probably double this. I think you're going to need fudge for the cooking process. I think you're going to need fudge for when you're doing the dishes. You're going to need it the next day. Uh, More servings is better for this. Love it. I'm looking at the photo of it right now, and it also is just very, very pretty. There's like flaky salt on it. It's really gussied up. So it would be like surprisingly show-stopping too. Oh, that's always nice. That sounds terrific. It really does, because there's nothing better than bringing something to the table that everybody says, ooh, that looks good. Nice. All right. Go get them. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for your help. Good luck. Happy holidays. I want this fudge now. We're, we're flowing now. That's a good recommendation. High fives all around. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, the Thanksgiving problem solving continues. Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, mental health advocate, mom of two, content creator, and host of Conversations with Cam. This podcast is dedicated to having honest conversations, prioritizing your well-being, and reminding you that no matter what you're feeling, you are not alone. We'll discuss mental health maintenance, the ups and downs of motherhood, the trials and tribulations of life, and have a lot of fun along the way. Whether you're knee-deep in diapers or just trying to keep your sanity intact, this podcast is for you. Expect laughs, maybe a few tears, and hopefully some breakthroughs along the way. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes of Conversations Conversations with Cam every Wednesday morning. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Thanksgiving SOS. Hi, Christina. Welcome. Hey, Chris. How's it going? We are good. I'm just reading your SOS here. Happy to provide more context if, if it's helpful. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, like paint a picture. Okay. So it's usually just me and my partner for Thanksgiving. And so I'm the main cook. I, I end up basically creating a schedule for myself, you know, and spending eight to 10 hours cooking this like full-fledged meal that could serve like eight to 10 people. Like the smallest turkey that I can find in our area serves usually eight people. And we end up with just leftovers for days. But yeah, just looking for something that's a bit more appropriately sized for two people. But I still get that kind of like special Thanksgiving meal feeling. Like I don't really want to do like an everyday protein that I would do with dinner, like a chicken or a steak. I want it to be a fun holiday thing. I have one idea for turkey. I just published something called Make Ahead Turkey which was this project that took a long time, was how do you make turkey in advance and it still tastes good? And it just happens to use 
turkey parts, two turkey breasts, two turkey legs. So if you look up this recipe on Epicurious, it'd be very, very easy to cut in half. So then you only end up with one turkey breast and one turkey leg, which might be perfect for two people. And it's pretty traditional, but it's roasted with oranges and thyme and shallots. So it has a lot of aromatics and it's like a very deep golden color. So this would be a great way. It's uh, like one sheet pan if you cut in half. You could prep it the day before and it would still feel like traditional and festive, but not be too wasteful or anything. The thing that I think about Christina's, you know, like it's usually just the four of us for Thanksgiving. I I do do the chicken thing, but something about it like becomes Thanksgiving when you do like gravy, you know, when you kind of like you pull out a few of those extra stops, like you make your cranberry sauce from scratch. You go ahead and you just make like a scaled version of a stuffing. But what I don't know, other folks, what do you think? You know, I've done this a few years and one year I ended up doing something so small that then I ended up doing it again so that we could have leftovers. Like I do think that's part of the joy of it and the beauty of Maybe cooking parts of a turkey is that they will also make better leftovers. I was thinking about your, Chris, your confit turkey from a few years back Mm. that just like it's so luscious and sort of falling apart and you can put it in tacos. So, yeah, I definitely think maybe working in parts is the move here. Yeah, actually, I, I love that idea, like maybe roasting off the breast or cooking, you know, the, the legs for Thanksgiving, but then finding like another use for the rest of the bird, even like freezing it for another application later on. And like Maggie referenced this confit turkey leg with dried chilies in it. You end up with sort of like a condiment that's like a, akin to a salsa matcha. It's just, again, that shredded cooked dark meat holds so well. It'll freeze so well. You can really kind of hang on to it for a bit and kind of bring it back into your life when you're ready and excited for it again. I will stick to poultry so we don't get into any foul play. Um, and I don't know why, but I think I think of chicken as something that, as you were saying, like— I eat so many nights of the week. Last year when we all sat down to brainstorm what Thanksgiving would look like in the Bon Appetit magazine issue for that year, we all started talking about alternative birds. So, you know, birds that are not turkey, and I'm going to give you two that are not chicken that I think could be a little bit better for two but still yield leftovers. One recipe was Hannah Asbrink's pomegranate and honey glazed duck with rice. I love duck. I also love rice on Thanksgiving. What's nice about something like duck is that it tends to be a smaller bird than that. You know, sometimes the only turkey that you're left with is 10 or 12 pounds, which can be a lot even for two bodybuilders to eat. (laughs) But the duck is wonderful, and you might be intimidated to cook duck at home, but it's actually not as difficult as you would think it would be. And, you know, you have it rest out in your fridge for 12 hours overnight so that the skin can get really crispy. You can still use the drippings to make gravy. And I think it still feels really special while having a smaller bird. Um, If you want to go really small bird, we also did a recipe for Cornish hens. Not me. I don't know why I'm saying we. It was certainly not me who developed this, but Rachel Gurjar in the test kitchen developed a chili vinegar marinated Cornish game hens recipe, which was also really wonderful. It's a quick marinade. You can do two Cornish hens and have it be, you know, the perfect size meal for two, or you can do three so you can have more leftover. But I would go for a different bird this year, maybe, you know, fly to new territory. <laughs> oh, I love that. Christina, I hope that was um, gave you a little bit of inspiration, but it sounds like whichever way you decide to fly with this one, 
that'll do okay, Kate. <laughs> yeah. I think you've, you've got good options, okay? Yeah, no, I have so many tools and I'm, I'm so excited to possibly go alternative bird this Thanksgiving, I think. We'll take the leap of faith. Love it. All right. Thank you, Christina. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Dan Siegel, as in like Bon Appetit's Dan Siegel. Oh my God. Speaking of alternative birds. <laughs> Dan, you need to stop calling this line. Like, who gave you this Dan. phone number? You do it. No, it's not any Dan. It's not any Dan, is it's it, Dan? Dan Siegel out of Chicago. I'd love to know what you think your problem is, Dan, because I could give you a few ideas from this end. Well, Chris, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my problem. So I was kind of known for bringing more of the splashy dishes to Thanksgiving dinner each year, but it was at my parents' house. And when I was home from college, I used to be able to cook pretty elaborate things and really contribute. Fast forward a couple of years, I moved to New York City. And now the only way for me to get to Thanksgiving dinner at my parents' house is through this extensive line of mass transit. We're talking like the New York City subway through Grand Central Station, a two-hour ride on the train. It's like a four-hour trip. And I'm also carrying all my bags for a week at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. The last time I did this, I tried to bring an entire tray of stuffing the day before in like a heavy ceramic casserole dish, (laughs) which of course cracked. It's impossible, one, to keep anything cold. Yeah, It's impossible to keep anything upright for that period of time. And then like every ounce that you're adding to the stuff you're carrying is another hassle. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to contribute and impress, but at the same time, I'm trying to not have to carry anything that can drop, break, or require refrigeration. And it's also for like 15 people. Is there anything I can do here? This is a do great I- one. This is so real, though. I feel like so, so many people are in this situation, right? Like they're traveling for Thanksgiving and they want to contribute. They want to bring something. But how do you do that? It's like you're in planes, trains, and automobiles. Kate's just shaking her head. She's like, nope, sorry. You're bringing wine, Dan. I have an answer for you that you could even bring through airport security. Okay. Buttery milk buns. If you are down for a project... This is a Kendra recipe. They're kind of a hybrid between Parker House rolls and milk bread buns. Mm -hmm. And I think whether you bring them in a serving dish or wrap them in tinfoil, rolls are rolls. Well, they can't be squished, right? So I need something. Do I need a rigid container? Yeah. I think they could stand to get a little squished. I mean, yeah, they're not like, it's not going to kill them. You can also like, you don't have to transport them in the vessel they bake in. You know, like, I feel like you could put them, I'm trying to think of like what. Tupperware. Yeah, like Tupperware. Suitcase. (laughs) Yeah, briefcase. A a bun sack. A bun sack. I feel like you've got options, but this is a good one from the standpoint of weight and like, a homemade bun? To pro move. Talk about show off. I will say I've never made bread. Do I do I need baking skill to execute this no. properly or will I be able to just pull this off? This isn't sourdough. It's really friendly. Yeah, it's pretty bomb proof. And I think it's like it's a really solid play. Funnily enough, I was thinking of like Kelly Janke's like par-baked buns. Like where are you with that, Jesse? So not... Not to take any attention away from your recipe, no. but we just published something called Make Ahead Dinner Rolls, which was this project by Kelly. Um, Kelly is from the Midwest, and there's this commercial product called Brown and Serve Rolls, which is like a fully baked roll, but incredibly pale and squishy. 
And then you stick it in the oven after you just brush it in butter and you bake it for like 10 minutes until golden brown and buttery. It like re-puffs up. It gets really beautiful. And Kelly made like a homemade version of this. So you bake a whole tray of buns the night before. Then you wrap them up or put them in your uh, roll sack or whatever. Bun sack. (laughs) Bun sack. And then you just brush them with butter and you bake them. And it's like hot and steamy, fresh from the oven rolls. And they're really, really good. And it's like five ingredients, super easy. When I was testing this recipe, they kind of get like wrinkly um, and are really pale. And Kelly's like just trusted. And then after the second bake, they smooth out completely. They're really shiny and they're really beautiful. Yeah. So I still, I still need to sign up for some some oven space. Yeah, but it's like, it is brief. This yeah. is like the flashest of flashes. You'll be the last in, last out. You'll be fine. H- how is this sounding to you? Do we need to keep thinking here? No, the, the rolls sound great, assuming that I can make them, throw them in my bun sack, hop on the train, and work my way across across the shoreline. Love that. Well, listen, Dan, don't try to call back under some pseudonym or something, okay? I know your voice, so don't mess with us. But best of luck, okay? I have you on speed dial. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you all so much for your help. We're going to make this happen. All right. We'll talk to you. Bye. We're all on the bun sack train. Bye. <laughs> Dan we Siegel. might need a gallery of like TSA approved Thanksgiving recipes. No, like seriously, you can't Kate, bring most. Things. You need to operationalize that. You think the TSA will sponsor me? It, it would just be all buns recipes. <laughs> Only buns. <laughs> We're gonna take another break. Coming up, more of your listener questions. Hey listeners, Chris Morocco here. If you find yourself in a dinner crisis, the Epicurious app comes to the rescue. Not only will you unlock over 50,000 recipes from Bon Appetit and Epicurious, but you'll also receive daily personalized recommendations based on your unique preferences and dietary needs. Head to the Apple App Store and download the Epicurious app to kickstart your seven-day free trial today. Don't miss out on this culinary adventure. Start your free trial and let the Epicurious app be your kitchen hero. Happy cooking. And we're back on the line. Let's welcome our next caller. Hi, Angie. Hi, Chris. I'm hoping you guys can help me out today. Yeah, hit us up. Okay. So my husband and I are remarried and we have a blended family that consists of seven kids all in their 20s. So big appetites. I think they made a movie about that. Seriously, it's the Brady Bunch plus <laughs> Oliver the Cousin, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and so we always let our kids go with our ex's family on Thanksgiving because we're selfish and we like to have them for the whole day. So we do a kids giving on that Friday or Saturday after. So my dilemma is this. One, food is my love language. I love to cook. I love a challenge in the kitchen. Mm. However, on kids giving, which is a day or so after, I don't want to be in the kitchen cooking the same meal I ate and they don't want to eat it all again. So I'm looking for some challenging menu ideas for me and for them. However, there's one little wrench in it. I have a daughter that is vegetarian. Mm. I mean, with seven kids, you're bound to have at least one. I mean... I know. (laughs) You know, in the past, we've done traditional Thanksgiving dinners, which has been great. And last year, we did appetizers, which was great, but it just didn't feel 
like a Thanksgiving dinner. And it, and it doesn't necessarily have to feel like a Thanksgiving dinner, but it felt more like a Sunday afternoon watching football dinner. So <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like I was with you until I wasn't with you. Like in terms of two days post-Thanksgiving, you're ready to go again. I am. I am all in. Wow. Okay, great. I think like my brain wouldn't let me hear that because after Thanksgiving, I'm like, (laughs) we're done for like eight months until we have to deal with this in the summer. We start planning our issue. I think one move here. Well, I have two moves. I love your appetizers vision, but to me, I wonder if you have to push it into the realm of the sides meal. Like, make a dream dinner that is just your favorite Thanksgiving sides, and maybe they are different sides from the ones that you make for the original meal a couple of days earlier. So... You know, maybe if you did sort of a sourdough stuffing on the first meal, maybe you'll do a cornbread stuffing on the second meal. So you could do all different versions of the sides that you love that feel like Thanksgiving to you. On the other hand, you know, a lot of families also serve some other main. And I was thinking about Jesse developed a creamy mushroom lasagna for Epicurious that to me feels like really cozy and festive and filling. And so I think you could even pair that with a green bean casserole mm-hmm. or some other, you know, a squash dish. Ooh, can I jump in on squash? Yeah. I was going to say, I think on Thanksgiving, we tend to have a lot of potatoes. You know, you've got mashed, smashed, roasted, twice roasted. I would say on your two-day-later feast, you should dip into the gourd family with some squash. I love this recipe that Kendra developed for twice-roasted squash with vanilla maple and chili. You know, you're putting Fresno chili in there. You're putting maple syrup in there. You're putting vanilla extract, which I think a lot of us think of as saving for the dessert portion of the meal, but works really well here in this roast squash recipe that also, you know, fits the vegetarian bill, but also I think two days after Thanksgiving, maybe you don't want to be having mashed potatoes with a ton of heavy cream. So I love this dish because it feels nice Mm -hmm. and light. There are sesame seeds on top, and it's just a lovely fall side dish that could also be a great secondary Thanksgiving side dish. I was also, so Jesse, I'm going to kick this over to you and you know exactly why, okay? You're about to drop the hammer, but first I want to talk about squash as well, okay? Because I think what we struggle with in, you know, kind of Thanksgiving menu planning is like, how do you create the sort of like Thanksgiving tableau, you know, but take the turkey away and bring a kind of a vegetarian main into that sort of center of the frame that feels like it belongs and can kind of refer back to some of those other things. Also, you know, growing up, we would have like a full like Italian dinner spread and then we would have an entire Thanksgiving meal and the two things just kind of happened in the same sitting and I'm sort of wondering how we ever ate that much, but we were young when it was a different time. But so when I was thinking about squash in terms of like what is a vegetarian centerpiece that can really hold that center of the table, what I wanted to mention was this squash and caramelized onion tart. Now, Angie, imagine thinly shaved slices of squash and sweet potato all fanned out in concentric rings within a press-in pastry crust that's been brushed with a little bit of mustard and then given like a sort of like a shower of caramelized onions and cheese. And that sounds amazing. (laughs) It's super photogenic. And again, to Maggie's point, like it plays well with other Thanksgiving dishes, like other kind of icons of the Thanksgiving table. 
but I need to just cut myself off and Jesse release the beast. Yes, so many months ago, Chris came to me and said that I was developing the vegetarian main for Bon Appetit for the print issue. So, okay, what's the cool <laughs> vegetable right now? Sorry. It's cabbage. So what can we do with it? So what ended up publishing is something called Cheesy Roasted Cabbage Wedges, which sounds very inconspicuous, but is a very cool and show-stopping recipe. So you take Savoy cabbage, you cut really big wedges, and you make this cheese sauce, and half of the cheese sauce you brush these wedges with, and then you use that as a glue to stick on a ton of cheese, and you're going to roast those on a baking sheet cut flat side down, and it like starts to burn and char, and you flip it over, and you do the same thing. So both sides are encrusted in cheese, and then use that remaining cheese, put it on a plate, put those big wedges like blocks on top, and then you shower with parsley and hazelnuts, and it's like very large, and it's very angular, and it's like a very California restaurant feel, and I think it's really, really good. It's really bright, lemony, and like a very fun vegetable main dish that really feels like a main. Those all sound very, very delicious. <laughs> I'm, I am feverishly writing. Now, would you do this without a main? You know, I would like do the, this without a main. It okay. is screw the, the Screw the turkey. Yeah. Like, honestly. I, like, developed this, like, <laughs> visually and everything to be, like, to take up space on the table. Yeah. And, and part of me, again, like, in my brain, Angie, I was like, oh, she's looking for something simple because it's one to two days after Thanksgiving. So we need, like, a sort of a lob here. I was, like, going to have you make <laughs> ham. Uh, you, you were doing ham on, like, butter-brushed King's Hawaiian rolls that you were going to toast in the oven. And it was going to be, like, a, a sort of ham sandwich and, like, casual side party. And you... You, you killed my dream with like the whole vegetarian thing, oh, but it's fine because you need a project anyway. Like we're we're gonna keep you so busy this year. You're gonna enjoy it. You guys have kept me busy. Yes. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and whatever you decide. I hope you all have a wonderful time together. Okay. Thank you. You all as well. I was like, Dan again? What? Wait, hold on. There's an eye. It's Danny. Hi, Danny. Hello. I'm just reading the notes here. Sounds like you're going to be traveling for Thanksgiving <laughs> as well this year, huh? Yes. My family and I will leave Thanksgiving morning to my brother's house about four hours away. And I really want to contribute to the meal, but we eat pretty soon after we arrive. So my mom does the rolls. So that's her domain. And typically I'm the one who's bringing the wine, bringing maybe a pie. But I was hoping I could bring a side dish that I would have time to prep on Wednesday and then take in the car and then have just minimal finishing touches when we get there. Carrots. Carrots. Actually. Okay. Well, I was thinking about what vegetable doesn't get mushy or like soak up too much sauce. Carrots are wonderful too because like, you know, they don't have to take up a ton of oven space because you can warm them back up, but then serve them not broiling hot. Carrots are just easy. Mm -hmm. They're a crowd pleaser. And they'll travel well. So I have two options for you. I'm a huge maple syrup and carrots person. So the first option I'm going to give you is we have this recipe for maple roasted carrots. It's an Andy Baragani recipe. Super simple. It's like carrots, maple syrup, brown sugar, crushed red pepper flakes, butter, and salt. The second recipe, which is similar but has a little twist to it, are these harissa and maple roasted carrots, which I think I make for like Every holiday, I get the opportunity to make that. It's an Allison Roman recipe, pretty similar, except instead of using red pepper flakes like the former did, it uses harissa paste. What's awesome about harissa is you can kind of pick one to your liking, maybe one that's a little spicier, one that's a little bit more tomatoey. Also uses maple syrup, 
also roast carrots. And I think you can definitely make either on Wednesday, bring them to the feast on Thursday. And, you know, you can also eat as you go maybe on Wednesday too and still have a good amount left because, (laughs) you know, they're carrots. I think that's a good idea. You can even pack like nuts or cheese or like herbs to just like drop on top. So it's really festive too. And it'd be really pretty. How about a non-side dish thought? You mentioned that you usually bring the wine. And I was going to say that if you want to dress it up a little, maybe the move is to bring a bottle full of cocktails. Ooh, unpack that for us, Maggie. So this is a thing I did recently, and it's maybe the best thing I've ever done in my life. I recently made an Infinity Boulevardier. Hmm. So... Uh, A Boulevardier is a classic cocktail that's usually made with equal parts of three things, whiskey, sweet vermouth, and Campari. An infinity bottle is a sort of nerdy thing that people do where if they have a little bit of something left, say a little bit of whiskey, they combine it all in one bottle instead of like having all those one-inch bottles stick around. So essentially, it's like you're making your own whiskey blend. Well, there was a story in Punch that Aaron Goldfarb wrote about people who do this with cocktails, and it's an amazing move. So say you have, you want to make six Boulevardiers, you're going to use six ounces of whiskey, six ounces of Campari, etc. And you can adjust the ratio a little bit. I like a little more whiskey in it. But then as you fill this bottle, you get to break up those measurements. So you can make your own signature version of this drink if you like a little more bitter or maybe you want a combination of whiskey and apple brandy because it's fall. And this is a thing you can make and put in your fridge for weeks and you can top it off with that same ratio Whoa! so that it becomes more and more complex as time goes on. And of course, it feels really special because who brings like a fridge aged cocktail to Thanksgiving? You do. Yep, Danny, this year. That makes me flash back to like high school when you would put layers of alcohol from your parents' liquor cabinet into a Poland spring bottle. So I guess and it's then replace n- it with water. Replace it with water. So this is nostalgic is and classy know? and like the boulevardier of what we all used to do in high school. I pulled that game until lo and behold, John Jennings showed up to like some dinner at the parents' house. And do you know what John's drink is? Vodka with a slice of orange. And that's when the house of cards came tumbling down. Why am I telling this story? I don't friggin' know. Danny, how is all this sounding? <laughs> oh, it sounds so good. I mean, I I think everyone can get down with maple syrup. That sounds so good. And then putting that on vegetables. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, my brothers would be impressed if I did the cocktail for sure. I mean, it's easy enough that like, honestly, you could probably do both, but no pressure. <laughs> Whatever works for you, okay? Okay, thank you so much. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful Thanksgiving and thank you so much for calling. You too, thank you. That is it for today's episode. But wait, there's more. We had just too many wonderful callers and questions to fit into one episode. As our Thanksgiving gift to you, we're dropping a second episode tomorrow. So come on back for even more A's to your Thanksgiving cues, turkey not required. You can find all the recipes we mentioned today on the Epicurious app, brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. We're also going to link everything in the show notes. So if you're sitting there thinking, dang, that duck sounded amazing, you know where to look. My co-hosts today were Maggie Hoffman, Jesse Shefchek, and Kate Kasson. 
Today's show was produced by Michelle O'Brien and our executive producer, Jordan Bell. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Cameron Foose is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Don't forget to check out tomorrow's episode, filled with even more solutions to your Thanksgiving SOSs. Here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. But what if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription, including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's SOS20 for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self-destructs.